Ah, summer. The sounds of summer. Fireworks. Splashing in the pool. Air conditioners running. And on those really humid days, the bugs buzzing. Buzzing and buzzing all around. But the summer, such a good time to relax. Such a good time to learn new things without pressure of school. Usually, during the summer, at least the past bunch of summers, Sammy stayed home and he hung out. He rode his bike, he played games with his friends, or some of the times with his brothers. He maybe had a barbecue, he went down to the lake, he had a little sailboat that he would sail. You know, different kinds of things to keep himself busy. But this year, Sammy's parents had put in for an auction. And the prize that they had put in, they wanted to win, was summer camp for your children, up to four kids. Now, Sammy, when he heard about his parents' decision to put in for this raffle, Sammy said to his father, he said, Dati, why are you putting in for a raffle for summer camp for your children? We like summer here. We like what we do at home. We enjoy all of our activities. And his father said, While that may be true, I know from when I grew up, and I know from speaking to Rebbeim and Menahalim, that going to sleepaway summer camp often provides children with great opportunities. It enables the child to develop in many different ways that maybe they wouldn't develop if they had stayed home. And until now, Baruch Hashem, although I have a good job and I'm able to be, support the family, I wasn't able to provide you with summer camp. Because it's very expensive to go to summer camp. But I figured, and Mommy and I talked about it, that for an $18 raffle ticket, the chance to send you and Chaim to camp? What about Ellie? Sammy asked. Well, I'm not sure if Ellie's ready. I'll have to talk to his rebbeim if we do win. But the chance to send you and Chaim to summer camp? That's so worth it. It's such a good investment. If we don't win, we gave tzedakah. But if we win, ah, kishmak. Well, that was the beginning. Both Sammy, his father, and actually probably his mother and brothers forgot about the raffle. The raffle was started sometime in early fall. It wasn't pulled until sometime mid-February. And by that time, life was moving on. And so when Sammy's father was sitting at home, reading the Hamudiyah, drinking a cup of orange juice while nibbling on a chocolate chip cookie, and he got the phone call. Hello? Uh, hi. Um, hi, we are calling from the um, Yeshiva uh, Ar Chodosh. Ah, Yeshiva Ar Chodosh. Yes, what can I do for you? We wanted to let you know that your raffle ticket was pulled from the raffle tickets that we pulled tonight. And you have won the grand prize. Mm, Sammy's father said. Sounds interesting. Uh, what did I win?
ten dollars, a hundred dollars. Actually, sir, you won the free camp summer. I mean, the free summer camp for four children to any camp of your choice. Tuition fully subscribed, fully paid for. Tips not included. Are you serious? Sammy's father said. I am as serious as they come. As a matter of fact, my middle name is Sirius, the person on the other line, other end of the phone said. <laughs> well, wow, that's exciting. How, how do I redeem my prize? And the lady gave a whole description of what he did, of what he needed to do. And he did it. I gotta tell you, it was the most exciting preparation for summer that the family ever had. They had to buy whatever they needed to go to summer camp. And since they never did it, there were lots of things you need to buy. You know, for example, Nosh! <laughs> they didn't need to worry about Nosh for four weeks in advance. They bought it in the store every Arab Shabbos. But when you go to summer camp, you have to make sure to bring Nosh with you. And, well, probably your bathing suits. You see, when you live at home and you go swimming once in a while. So one bathing suit is enough. But in summer camp, where swimming is so much fun, you need more than one bathing suit in case you want to go swimming multiple times a day. A uh, Mr. Storyteller? Yes? I, I don't like swimming. Oh, I'm sorry. But I really like swimming. Anyway, let me get back to the story. And so, Sammy found himself in Camp Colrina. An incredible summer camp where the head counselor had more energy than an entire power plant. Where the food was so magnificent. Every boy gained at least 5 or 10 pounds during the time that they were there. The games, the sports, they were awesome. And leagues, oh, fantastic. And even a boy like Sammy, who wasn't so athletic, he really appreciated what he was getting out of summer camp. Chaim was in the summer camp too. But Chaim took the opportunity of being in camp and told Sammy, Sammy... When we're in school, there's no choice. Everyone knows that you and I are brothers. And every time something happens with you, it kind of reflects on me. Could we pretend that we're not brothers in camp? Sammy shrugged his shoulders. I guess. But we won't, but, 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 but we kind of won't be following the Avos. What are you talking about, Sammy? Chaim asked. Well, you know, a person is always supposed to say, When will my behavior, my actions, be like the Avos, like Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov? Okay, so what? Well, Avram said to Sarah that, Say you're my sister, even though you're not my sister. And kind of, that would make sense that, that two people could say that they're brothers, even if they're not brothers. But to say that you're not my brother when you are my brother, that seems to be the opposite of what Avram Avinu was doing. Okay, Sammy. Okay, okay, okay. I don't want you chas 
don't be nervous. So how about like this? How about we're just not going to say anything. We're not going to say imrina she'en ataachi. Say please that you're not my brother. And I'm not going to have you walk around saying achihu. He's my brother. Well, if I said that, then they have a negative attitude. Why? Because when we find in the Torah the language of Achihu, it, it, it's said by Yaakov Avinu, and it means like, I'm his brother of Bimirma. Rashi, I think, said that I'm his brother about being trickery, and that would mean that I'm a trickster and you're a trickster, and then people won't trust us in camp, and that would... Okay, so fine. But you don't say anything either way. And then, and we'll see what happens as camp goes on. And so... Chaim and Sammy were kind of on their own while they were in camp. And really, Sammy loved it. Because you see, that meant that Sammy got to make his own decisions and he didn't have to think, am I going to embarrass Chaim? Well, actually, maybe he never thought of that. Either way, he was really, really enjoying camp a lot. One of the highlights in camp was the special learning group that Sammy had with an expert mechanic, Rabbi Melech Trussell. Rabbi Trussell was the best Rabbi. He told the most fantastic stories. And when he told the story about a rainstorm, you brought your raincoat because you felt the rain beating down on your skin. When he told the story about the sad boy who never had such a terrible life, every boy in the room listening had tears streaming down their cheeks. And Rabbi Tressel, Rabbi Tressel, he had such, such excellent ways of explaining the Gemara, no matter how hard the piece of Gemara was, no matter how complicated the Rashi was, Rabbi Tressel explained it in a way that it was crystal clear to his Talmudim. In addition to their learning in the class, in addition to their learning like in a shir, Rabbi Tressel ran special programs for his Talmudim. There was the Mishnayis Baal Peh program. There was the Shnayim Mikavecha Targum program. And there was the Learning Hours on Shabbos program. Some of the programs, other groups, other learning groups also participated in. But Rabbi Tressel pumped them. He gave them such a geschmack. He made them so exciting that every boy in his group really, really put their greatest energy to Steigen to learn. And Sammy was among those boys. Over Shabbos, Sammy was learning an average of three hours. And during those three hours, he was memorizing the Shnayas. He didn't even know he knew how to memorize. And Sammy was really being Matzliach. Rabbi Trussell had told everyone that when the group as a whole memorized the entire Seder Mayed, they were going to have an incredibly delicious ice cream party. Now Rabbi Trussell, as I said, was a very popular Rebbe. And so his group had about 45 boys in it. So it was a little easier than it had been my learning group. I only had six boys. And if we had to memorize all of Seder Moed, we'd still be there today. 
Finally, the third Shabbos in camp, the boys had memorized almost the entire Seder. And Rabbi Trussell announced at the afternoon learning groups, Rabbi Sai, on Tuesday, in Mirza Hashem, we're going to have a visit from Rabbi Presser, the famous Rosh Hashiva of Yeshiva's Chofetz Chaim. Chofetz Chaim? One of the boys asked. I didn't know that Rabbi Presser. It's a different Chofetz Chaim, not the one over there, it's the one over there. Where, where, where's there, where's there? I, I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter. Listen, he's going to come. And on Tuesday we're going to impress him. I'm going to call on each bacher. Each bacher is going to get up and recite some of the Mishnahis that he memorized. Sammy stood up and he waved his hand madly. Rebbe, he said. Yes, Sammy. Rebbe, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could do it. I, I have such such trouble remembering. And Sammy, you're doing great. You mamish memorized all of Meseches Megillah. You've memorized all of Meseches Tanis. And you're almost finished memorizing all of Meseches Hagiga. You're gonna do fine. Yeah, but Rebbe, it, it took me such much, so, it was so hard and, 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 and what if I mess up? And, and then, then I'll never get a shidduch. Sammy, Belinda, dear Mitzvah I promise you that if you mess up, it won't interfere with your ability to get the shidduch. I want you to try your best. And after the test, after the fahir, Rabbi Presser, Mitzvah Hashem, we're going to have a magnificent, delicious, scrumptious ice cream party. And the boys went wild. They were cheering and they were so happy and so excited. And the Rebbe then quieted them down. Rabbi Sai, before I dismiss you, I want to talk about something that I noticed that that maybe needs a little tickle, that maybe needs a little fixing. You know, I noticed that when people are going to the dining room, when people are by the canteen, when people maybe even are going to their bunks at the end of the day, I notice that sometimes people shove and push and I notice that people sometimes aren't concerned about their fellow Yid. And I want to bring out the idea of Savlonus, of patience, of being patient, waiting your turn. It's such a beautiful Midah. It's so important. You know, you look around the different Rabbonim and you see how patient they were. And you see it saves them from trouble. Where sometimes somebody said something that sounded like it was an insult. And if the person wasn't patient, the Rav would have gotten upset. And really no insult was meant. But with Savlonus, they didn't get insulted. And nothing bad came of it. Rabbi Sire. Very important. Finally, Tuesday came. The activity that was planned normally during this time was something sports. Baseball, soccer, football, hockey. And all of the boys, instead of going to their sport, gathered around waiting to greet the car of the great Rosh Hashiva. And the Rosh Hashiva's car pulled in. And of course, what did they do? 
They sing Yomim Ayimim Melech Taisif, and they sing and they dance Arzurulat Sadik Lishrei Simcha, and the Rosh Hashiva, and the Rosh Hashiva was guided to a Kisi Hakavi, the very Choshevich year, where he was going to sit and listen to the boys recite their Mishnayos, and the Rebbe got up and gave a nice, beautiful introduction, and then said, Rabbi Yisai, you ready? Starting off with Meseches Shabbos, Perek Aleph, Mishnah Aleph, we call upon Yossi Gruber, and Yossi Gruber stood up, and this boy Yossi Gruber was like the genius, and he began to rattle off Meseches Shabbos. He finished the first Mishnah, the second Mishnah, the third Mishnah, and the Rebbe stopped him. And then the Rebbe introduced another boy, and he started with Meseches Eruvin. And one by one, the boys covered each Mesechta. And finally, it was Sammy's turn. And the Rebbe said, And Sammy, could you please begin? Meseches Megillah. And Sammy stood up, and he looked around. He gulped a couple of times. <laughs> felt sweat break out on his forehead and he dabbed his forehead with his sleeveless arm the Rebbe said Sammy it's fine take a deep breath good breathe in breathe out patiently great let your mind be flooded with the Mishnais that I know you know and I'll tell you the truth sometimes Rebbeim know exactly how to encourage a bacher to do what he needs to do and to remember what he needs to remember. And the Rebbe here did the exact right thing and suddenly Sammy's brain flooded with the memory of the Mishnayis. The words danced before his eyes and he recited. Megillah, Nikres, Biyod Aleph, Biyod Beis, Biyod Gimel, Biyod Dalet, Bitesvov. And Sammy finished the Mishnah. And I'll tell you the truth. Even though Chaim didn't really want to be known as Sammy's brother, Chaim was amazed. He was very proud of Sammy's success. And Chaim began to clap. Now, people had clapped for other people along the way. But Chaim was so excited because really Sammy clearly worked very hard and, 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 and a brother is happy when his brother is successful that Chaim clapped and shouted Go Sammy! Um, that is until the head counselor gave Chaim a look like that's not Kovadik in front of the great Rav in front of the great Rosh Hashiva and so he quieted himself up well, they finished the program. Boy, oh boy, everyone was excited. The Rav got up and he gave a drusha about the greatness of Limra about the greatness of Mishnayis Palpeh, about how impressed he was with the boys doing this in the summer. And he gave such nice brachas. It was like from the brachas of Berchas Kayanim and Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron all wrapped in one. I'll tell you the truth, because I, I want to I, I tell you the truth. It was beautiful. And when the Rav finished speaking, and when the Rosh Hashiva finished speaking, 
and was escorted out of the room. The Rebbe announced, All right, tell me them. We are now ready for our magnificent seum, our ice cream party. Everyone line up, and I will serve you personally delicious ice cream with toppings. Now, I can't exactly explain, but... Back up. Try it again. Well, Sammy began to race to the front of the line. He pushed Nussin out of the way and Shimon out of the way and Yikusil out of the way. Those were his friends from school. And he put a, pushed a couple of people he wasn't so familiar with from school, like Daniel and Elchanan. They're different ones. And they were like, Hey, Sammy, what are you doing? Why are you pushing us? And then there was Benny. Why are you pushing me? Benny said. And Sammy got to the front and he stood there and he said, Because there's a mitzvah for me to be first. What's the mitzvah? Well, we all know that there's a mission that says that a person is supposed to be ruts. You're supposed to ruts katsvi, losses its own boro. You're supposed to rush around, hurry, run to do the will of your creator. And it is the will of my creator that I eat ice cream. Oh, Sammy, it's such a good joke, one of the boys said. Yeah, what does that mean, Sammy? Yikusil said. If I eat the ice cream now, I'm going to remember how sweet it was, how enjoyable it was, how gishmak it was. And then next Shabbos, the coming Shabbos, I'm going to want to chazra and learn and memorize Mishnayis even more. Because I'm going to remember the gishmak flavor of the ice cream. And so I'm running to do the Ratzon Hashem by running to get the ice cream to be able to do the will of Hashem of learn more Torah and make Hashem proud. The boys were grumbling about Sammy's comment. The Rebbe, who had just come back with gallons of ice cream, must have heard what Sammy said. But he was wise, and he just kept silent. The Rebbe dished out the ice cream, and he took a scooper, and he scooped out one scoop of vanilla ice cream, and he put it into a cup for Sammy. Could I please have some more, Rebbe? Sure, I'll give you another scoop, he said. And the Rebbe scooped out a second scoop, this time of pistachio ice cream, something that Sammy discovered he really enjoyed. <laughs> Sammy went back to his little spot in the corner of the room. He sat down with a spoon, and he began to eat the whipped cream that his Rebbe had added. Eventually, the boys, all 40-whatever of them, eventually got their ice cream. The last boy to get his ice cream? You guessed it. Avremel. And Avremel went to the Rebbe, and he said, Rebbe, I think I'm the last boy who needs ice cream. And the Rebbe said, Okay, Avremel, here you go. And the Rebbe scooped out one scoop of chocolate and one scoop of vanilla. And then the Rebbe said, I'm sorry, Avramel, there's no pistachio left. That's okay. I like these two. But the truth is, Avramel, here you go. And the Rebbe gave Avramel another half a scoop of chocolate and another half a scoop of vanilla. Now, Sammy saw that. 
And I don't want to say he was jealous, but he was jealous. And he went over to the Rebbe. And he said, Rebbe, yes, Sammy, is it possible that Rebbe gave Avremu more ice cream than me? Oh, did I? Well, Rebbe gave me one scoop of vanilla and one scoop of pistachio. And Rebbe gave Avremu one scoop of vanilla, another half a scoop of vanilla, one scoop of chocolate, and another half a scoop of chocolate. Ah, Sammy, there's a reason for that. A very simple, easy-to-understand reason. When you are at the end of the line, and there's extra ice cream, not enough to go around for every single boy, what choice do I have but to give the last person for waiting so patiently the extra ice cream? Oh, that makes sense, Sammy said to the Rebbe. That makes sense. Well, they finished their ice cream, they made brachos acharonos, they threw their cups and spoons in the garbage, and they went outside to play. I'll tell you, they had a great night activity that night. They were able to play a game that I don't know I ever, ever having a Rosh Hashiva do this game. It was a really, it was a really interesting game. You know, I'll tell you about it. I don't want you to think badly about this Rosh Hashiva. He was a very chash of Rosh Hashiva. He is a very chash of Rosh Hashiva. But, but he did something very unusual. And I think I know why. The night activity was, the Rosh Hashiva stood on it by a podium with a microphone. And any boy could begin a sentence in Gemara, and the Rosh Hashiva would finish the sentence and say the daf, page number, and mesechta. So, for example, let's say, actually, I can't really give you any examples because I don't, I don't know, really know Gemara by art. Oh, 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 I know. I, I think I learned something by myself um, this year. Um, oh, I think I, um, I learned uh, Elam Metzias, right. I think, uh, so, like, for example, he said, Elam Metzias Shalom, and he would finish it, Ve'elu Chayav Lahakras, Dav Chafala from Medalev, or something like that. But but it was a little more complicated. Oh, what? What was that? What was that? What was that you were asking? Oh, I see. Somebody on the telephone just asked, how could, how could the, the boys know the, na- the, the, the words? Like, if they're saying the sentence, how did they know the words? The answer is, they were given time beforehand to look it up and find words to try to stump the rub. Yeah, yeah what's, what's your question? Yes, yes? Uh, okay, another boy has the question on the phone. I'm sorry, you can't hear their questions. But, but the question is, Why? Why would the Rav do this? It seems to be a Balgaiva does this. This is what a person who wants to sh- who wants to be a show off does. This is not what somebody does when they're a big tzaddik and a Talmud Chacham. And the answer is, I think I don't know. The Rav was showing the value of memorizing the Mishnayos. He was demonstrating that by learning something till you memorize it, you can know it so well that wherever you go, you take it with you, and you just you just know it. I think that's what he was trying to show, and he was very successful. Well, anyway, the time flew by. The third Shabbos and fourth Shabbos in camp passed, and again, the boys had memorized incredible amounts of Mishnayos. It's true, in those two weeks they didn't memorize an entire Seder. 
But the Rebbe had arranged that between the boys, they were going to memorize Baba Kama, Baba Metzia, Baba Basra, Sanhedrin, and Shuos. Whoa, that's an undertaking. And the Rebbe was so proud of them, and he announced, Rabbi Sai, I have an incredible sakhar for you. Yes, Nasan? The Rebbe asked. Rebbe, Rebbe, are, are we going to have Rebbe, the Rebbe, Rebbe Presser come again and give us another for her? Nope. Rebbe, yes, Azriel. I, I'm just wondering, are we going to be able to go to like Hershey Park or something like an amusement park in celebration of our of our knowledge? I know the camp's going to make a major trip, but but could we go on a second major trip in, in honor of our our chazering and our learning and by heart and all that kind of stuff? No, no. Yes, Acastriel. Um, well, uh, maybe Rebbe, maybe maybe we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go on the radio and on. on um, the famous, the famous talk show by Reb, Reb Yassi Perosik, and we're gonna be interviewed, and we're gonna say our Mishnayis Pat on the radio for everyone to hear when they're driving to work in the morning. <laughs> that's a very interesting idea. But no, no, that, that's not it either. I wish I had thought of all these great ideas, the Rebbe said, but I thought about a very simple idea. What is it, Rebbe? Emir Shem, during snack today, on Shabbos afternoon, you know how everyone gets like a little piece of kokosh cake from the kitchen? Yeah. I don't even usually get it because I'm usually too late. Well, today, Amir Hashem, I've arranged with the cook that they prepare before Shabbos a kokosh cake just for us, just for our group, with tons and tons of kokosh. And everyone will have some of the kokosh cake. When, when, Rebbe, when? Sammy said. He loved kokosh cake. Chocolate kokosh cake. Oh, it was like, it was like, it was me'ein olam haba. Actually, Rebbe, it's beautiful. Me'ein olam haba, Sammy began singing. Me'ein olam haba, me'ein olam haba, shabos menucha. Ah, geschmack, Rebbe. Yes. Okay, very good. So, Rabbi Sai, meet me by the dining room in Mitzvah Hashem. In 45 minutes, and you'll be able to get your cake. But remember, stand on the line nicely and don't push. Well, the boys were there at 45 minutes on the dot. I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> Some people were there after just one minute. They ran from the base of Medrash. I, I guess it's okay because Tino Yipanet Bereach Mibesa Sefer means kids do run from, from, from learning. And they ran to the dining room and waited on line. Because they wanted to get geschmack a kokosh cake. Sammy also came to the dining room to get kokosh cake. But he came after 50 minutes. And he wasn't the last one. And everybody who came after him, Sammy would wave his hands and say, Please, you go first. Please, no, 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 you go first. I appreciate it. No, no, no. It's, I know I was here first. You go first. To all the people who came after him. And the Rebbe served the kokosh cake. He cut off a big slab for the first person on the line. Here you go, Yerachmiel. Thank you, Rebbe. Ah, this looks geschmack. Don't forget to take a bottle of soda on your way out. Oh, thank you so much. And one by one, everyone got kokosh cake. And then Sammy came to the front. 
It was Sammy's turn. There was nobody behind him, anybody behind him. Sammy had sent in front of him. And the Rebbe looked at Sammy and said, Sammy, I am so proud of you. You learned my lesson. Remember when we had the ice cream? How you pushed to the front? Yeah, because I was trying to be Zeichet to Ratzla Mishnah. And I told you that you should not do that? That's right, Rabbi. I should practice Savlanus. So I did. It is so incredible. It is so amazing. Yasher, Koyach, I am proud of you. Rabbi, is it possible that I could have my kokoshke? Sammy asked. And the Rabbi said, Oi, you're right, Sammy. You need kokosh cake. And the Rebbe looked down at the big serving tray that he had. And he looked down at the plate that he had set aside for the next person to get kokosh cake. And he realized that there was a problem. Rebbe, where's my kokosh cake? Sammy said. Um, <coughs> um, Sammy, it looks like there's none left. But Rebbe... Sammy started to cry. Sammy, Sammy, don't cry. Sammy held himself back. But Rebbe, Rebbe, I didn't get any yet. That's true. And Rebbe, I was being saplonistic. That's true. Now, now I not only don't I get, like, the extras, like I was hoping... Which is why you were being Savlanistic, right, Sammy? Yeah, because cause last I remember how I got the extra, the extra ice cream and Abramo got that extra and now I, I, I don't get any. The Rebbe said, Sammy, but Midas don't work that way. When you have good Midas, the main thing is the good Midas. And even if you don't get cake, but you show good Midas, do you understand the scar and Elam Haba you got for not rushing it to be the first in line like you did last time? For taking my lesson so to heart? Do you understand? Even if it was Shaloy Lishma, even if it was because you were hoping to get the more cake, the extra cake. But me tell you Shaloy Lishma, Bolishma, don't you understand, Sammy? Your portion, what you gained, was way better than any kakash cake than you could ever have. And Sammy tried to internalize that message. He tried to make it real in his life. He tried to convince himself that it wasn't such a big deal. And he said, Okay, Rabbi, okay. But at least take a soda on your way out, Sammy. Which Sammy did. When Sammy got back to his bunk, all of his bunk mates who were in his shear were nibbling and eating the last remnants of their cookers cake. Hey, Sammy! Baruch called out. Where's your cake? You finished it all already? Sammy shrugged. Hey, Sammy! Nassan said. If you have extras... Like Avramel did the last time he got extra, he gave his extra ice cream to me, you can give me extra cake too. And Sammy just shrugged his shoulder. Now the counselor who was in the room, he looked at Sammy. And he did not see that which he saw in all the other boys' face. Every single boy in the bunk, every boy who ate kakash cake, had a kakash mustache. Chocolate. At some point on their lip. And Sammy didn't. The counselor, being a very, the counselor being a very astute fellow, realized that Sammy had not had any kakash cake. He didn't know why, but he knew that Sammy looked sad. The counselor went to the Rebbe, and he said, Rebbe, could you tell me, possibly, 
Why didn't Sammy have Kakash cake? Oi, the Rebbe said. It was incredible. But we ran out. We ran out of Kakash cake. And Sammy was being such a Balmides. And he was showing such savlonas And not pushing and shoving. And not trying to grab first. Even though maybe it was a shikr shaloy the shame shemayim, because he was hoping to get more. But at the end of the day, Nebuch, Sammy lost out. And he didn't get any. And the, the counselor, he was so, so sad for Sammy. And then an idea came in his head. Rebbe. Did Rebbe go into the kitchen to see if the cook had made any more cake? Um, 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 no, I didn't. I thought that the cook had made enough for the rest of camp and a special amount for me. Ah, but I happen to know, I can't exactly say why, that sometimes the cook has extra in the kitchen. I'm going to go find out. And the counselor went to the cook and got permission to go into the kitchen and went into the kitchen and found that there was an entire log of kokosh cake left that had not been distributed. Rebbe, the counselor said, do you think it's appropriate to show Sammy how much his efforts are worth in Shemayim? Sure, the Rebbe said. Together, the counselor and the Rebbe carried this big, heavy, four-foot-long kokosh cake into the bunkhouse. Sammy was sitting at the edge of his bed and he was reading a Jewish book. Um, Sammy? He picked his head up. Yes, Rebbe. Rebbe, what are you doing here? And, and counsel, what? We have your sechar for your patience. My sechar? That's right. We have for you this kakosh cake. But, but you're not allowed to do Eifan Shabbos. You're not allowed to bake on Shabbos. And, and, and that means that this is Asr Bachila, and maybe even Asr Bahana, maybe even Asr like forever. I, I have to look at the halacha. <laughs> Sammy, Sammy, don't get excited. This actually was baked before Shabbos by the cook. It was just in the kitchen, and I didn't know about it. But now that I know about it, I want you to have it, the Rebbe said. The counselor just let the Rebbe do the talking. I'm so proud of you, Sammy. I'm so proud that you showed Savlanus. Now, I have to tell you that the end of the story is really interesting. You see, those boys, for the rest of the summer, those that stayed in the camp for the second trip anyway, those boys still fought, but they fought who could be the last to get. Sometimes they would serve caucus cake, and nobody would take anything. Until the Rebbe or the counselor divided the kakash cake up and on the count of three gave each person at the same time. Sometimes when the Rebbe was giving out raffle tickets, the boys would not take them. Oh, Rebbe, Rebbe, give somebody else first. I'll take last. And if there's none, it's okay too. I'll, I'll be fine, Baruch Hashem. I want to show Zaflonus. When it came to playing baseball, they couldn't make a batting order because everyone wanted a bat last. No, no, let him bat first. No, no, he should be first. No, no, he should be before me. And so everyone batted last. I don't know how they did that, but somehow everyone batted last. All in all, it was an incredible lesson. And you know what? When Sammy got home after camp, when camp was over, 
and all the family was sitting around the table, nibbling on some mic and eggs and cookies, and relating things that happened in camp. Eli looked between his brother Sammy and his brother Chaim, and reached out and grabbed five cookies and a handful of mic and eggs. Chaim reached out and grabbed some cookies and grabbed some mic and eggs. And Sammy did not move. When the ice cream came out, different amounts in the cups, Ellie grabbed the first one. And Chaim grabbed the second. Sammy did not grab any. Instead, he said to his mother, Ima, I would rather you have before me. And Tati Shaft before me also. I'll take last. I'm practicing my Savlanus. Wow. What an inspiring story. I, I found it inspiring. I, I hope you did too.